Hey everyone, welcome to This Is Not A Podcast. My name is Bobby Hundreds, and I swore I would never make a podcast. As the co-founder of The Hundreds, a men's streetwear brand that's been selling worldwide for over 16 years, I figured, is there anything left for me to say? But here we are. After publishing my first memoir and reflecting on my own experiences of building a business, my personal and financial struggles and successes, I realized there was more to talk about, maybe not just from my perspective. The best part is, I still get to say, I don't have a podcast. This is just a curious audio thing where you get to meet cool, interesting people. You're listening to This Is Not A Podcast. I'm the second born of three sons, and the middle child syndrome is a real thing. I remember growing up wondering why I was the only one to get in trouble. Of course, there's a bit of a victimization thing going on, but there is evidentiary support for this theory. You're not the firstborn golden child. You're not the spoiled baby. You're the Jan Brady, overlooked and underappreciated. As I delve into in chapter three of my book, in a lot of ways, being a middle child destined me as a lifelong underdog. I was an ethnic minority in my community. I skipped a grade, so I was always younger. I was always into fringe interests and weird music. Even though my brand is a veteran in the streetwear market, I'll never shake the mindset that we're small and unknown. Although it can be frustrating to be underrepresented and marginalized, as I've gotten older, I've appreciated how my insatiable desire for attention has motivated me. Fellow middle child Sammy Ryan knows the feeling. Sammy is a fresh new face on the ownership side of women's fashion, but you may remember her as the subject of countless t-shirts of streetwear past. She moved out to LA to build her personal brand, gaining a huge following as an internet model, an accessories designer, and even a role on MTV's Wallin Out. Sometimes like there's like highs and there's fucking lows. Two years ago, she jumped into the apparel game with her boyfriend, Evan. Their brand, by Sammy Ryan, is now stocked across the country and is connecting with a generation of young women in a personal and positive way. I hope Sammy writes her own book one day because her story is much cooler and crazier than mine. She grew up bouncing between homeless shelters. She was a popular cheerleader in school but came home to perform Wiccan rituals with her mom and sisters in the forest. Yes, Sammy Ryan is a witch. This episode is unlike any other because there's no one else quite like Sammy Ryan. Did I mention she's my Aries sister also? Middle child, Aries, got her start blogging, streetwear brand owner. It's almost narcissistic why I love Sammy so much. Can we backpedal all the way to the beginning of Sammy Ryan? Yeah. Where were you born? I was born in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, I grew up in the Poconos, Pennsylvania, which is like an hour and a half away from New York city. Like that's where people from New York vacation in the Poconos. Oh, um, what would it be compared to here in Southern California? I mean, if a place here that has like a ski resort and like a pool resort. Oh, wow. So it's like a place like that. Like there's so like, a ski place. Like and Arrowhead or I something guess so. like Big Bear Lake. Yeah. Like an hour yeah. and a half outside of like a major city. Okay. So like far outside of, something like LA, I guess. Yeah. So I would always have to like drive in. Yeah, exactly. I would always have to drive into like Philly or New York whenever I wanted to go and do something besides like live in the woods. So you grew up in nature. Yeah. And were there a lot of kids in your neighborhood? 
I feel like between the ages of like zero to eight, mm-hmm. I had like this crazy good upbringing, like all these friends around us. We had a really small community and then my parents got divorced. So we were like out of that house. We were in like a homeless shelter. So it was just like crazy different after that. Um, And you were saying you grew up actually having spent some time in homeless shelters. Yeah. Back in the day, we were in like a women's shelter for like battered and abused women because my parents didn't have the best relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were in that shelter for like, like maybe like four or five months. This was like during my like middle school, maybe it was like in formative years. Yeah. Like middle school. But the thing is like, no one ever knew that we were in shelters, me and my sisters, because we were like always kind of like the popular kids, like all cheerleaders, like no one would ever know. So we did that for a while. And then we moved to like a house, uh, in the Poconos still. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I lived there throughout high school and then we moved, we just like kept moving around. It was like hard for my mom. Were you moving like around for jobs or was she evading your dad? I think she was dad, moving around or? for jobs. Oh, for, for jobs. Yeah, because, okay. yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was, to be honest. Like, I would just go wherever I was, like, told to go. Your mom's a Wiccan. Yes. What's a she Wiccan? Is. Well. I know what a Wiccan is, but for I mean, audience. her, it's like an earth-based religion is how she would explain it to, like, people. Um so like growing up, she was we an ancient like, religion. Yeah, it's so yeah. old. It's funny because my mom was actually a Catholic school teacher way back in the day. And like, I think after like we went into the shelters and all that stuff, she was like, this religion is bullshit. Like it's not helping me. It's not helping me. Yeah. She kind of started doing more like spiritual stuff. Um, so and she was then, always very spiritually open. Yeah, super spiritually open and then kind of got more into um, Wicca and, um, met a lot of friends who were like kind of witches as well. She like totally joined a coven. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So when we were younger, we would, she would do different holidays, like celebrate like holstice or celebrate like different things. Like which did she invite you into that world as well? The girls? I mean, she definitely tried so hard to make us be, or like to, I don't know us with that interest my mom used to always talk about like energy vampires who are like oh i definitely believe in who those. are i totally believe in them who are yeah. just people who suck your energy out of you to totally. make themselves like feel better or something like that so like for a while i was wearing a lot of like crystals like in my bras or whatever just to protect me from like what's a good crystal to protect people. you from um, an energy vampire it's a black crystal i think it's called i need hematite. them every day hematite. i feel like sometimes i'm the energy vampire too so maybe no, no, I don't okay. think so. I not. No, I don't think you take other people's energy. How do, people is that really a conscious that. choice that people make or is that just how they're built? I honestly don't know, but like, I feel it all the time. I feel, I feel it too. That's, I feel like I have such a good, like if I meet someone right off the bat, I'm like, mm, yeah, I don't like that person. Yeah. But you can get tricked. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We definitely Aries. We don't have the, the best sense, <laughs> you know? Uh, From what I understand, the Wiccan religion—it's—it's it's really putting its nature over man, right? Yeah, no, Isn't that it's, what it is. It's super like it's just using using stuff like that comes from the earth, like for spells. Like when I was younger, my first boyfriend broke up with me. I was like so devastated over it. I dated him from I was like sixteen to twenty one or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was so devastated during this time. We were filming a reality TV show with my family. It was called Sister Witches. 
Which never aired. Which never aired. It was supposed to air on Lifetime. It was supposed to air on Lifetime. Yeah. Or TLC. It was something like that. And I'm like, oh God. So during the show, my mom, we did like a binding spell, which is really fucking weird. What's a binding spell? So I like had like whatever pictures or anything else I had left of him from my house. And like she did all this stuff from her like book, her spell book, I guess. And like it was a lot of like spitting on stuff and like wrapping it in like red rope and burying it. And then I got like hypnotized by her friend for like a week or two. And I literally, to like get over this relationship. When I'm, oh, like, to get over. Yeah, okay. To get over this relationship. What did the red rope in the, in the dirt do? Was I that think it just like. For you or was it for no, him? I think it was for him just like bound these people to like get away from you. Like, oh. Whatever. And then it's I got hypnotized. It's not like voodoo where he no, felt like he was voodoo. bound. She wasn't doing something like okay. to hurt him. It was more so to Keep like. Keep him away. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just so weird. Like literally like whatever we broke up so long ago. I don't remember anything about our relationship at all. I don't remember our anniversary, our birthday. I don't remember shit. Like I don't remember anything. Did that come from the hypnosis or from I the think binding? I came from the hypnosis, maybe Whoa. a little bit from the binding, but yeah, I don't remember fucking anything. That's weird. Like I don't even know his middle name and I dated him for so long. With hypnosis, can she break the hypnosis and then you'll be able to remo- remember well, like, everything with again? With the hypnosis, I was, she did it to me in person and then she gave me like her recordings to listen to. So I did that for like two weeks. It was like in half an hour. It's just like meditating. Like I am still meditate, but obviously not to like someone hypnotizing me to get over an ex-boyfriend. But <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah, it was, it's crazy. I like don't remember shit. What was the craziest spell that your mom cast? Are you allowed to even say? I don't even know. So this was really I need to interview your mom. creepy. One time when I was younger, this was probably the scariest. Like my little sister and older sister see spirits. I don't see spirits. Thank God. But like. What? They, they literally see them like my sister had to. She would see them so much that she had to be like, you need to stop like coming to me. To Do see you me. think it's because your mom opened some spiritual stargate? I think that me and my sisters are very like. You're prone to this. Yeah. We have like a weird, it's like some realms like totally opened. Um, Yeah. I've never seen spirits, but this one ceremony that we did, it was fucking weird. It was like in the middle of the woods with like me, my sisters, my mom and like other lady. I'm serious. I'm fucking dead ass. I was probably like 14. (laughs) Okay. You come home from school. And this your mom's like, Sammy, oh, put on your planning. cloak. No, we We're didn't have going, cloaks on. She get had on a your cloak broomstick. On. <laughs> get on, jump into the pumpkin wagon and let's no. go. No, it was like I got home. We were like at my friend's house who obviously knew we were like doing this. So we all did it together. So there's like a bunch of us in the woods. Uh, I don't know. And this lady, we were just like all our eyes were closed. This lady was like going around us like chanting and like throwing stuff in the fire. Did you guys think this was weird? No, I literally thought every day. Hold on. You said you were a cheerleader, right? (laughs) Yeah. So you, you're the cheerleader at school. I was like a bad cheerleader. Okay. You're like the evil cheerleader. I was, I was like on the bad click. Like my sister was on like the good girls club. And I was like, I literally put Visine in a girl's drink before it because I was like, fuck that bitch. What happens if you drink? I think it makes your stomach hurt. Like it makes you have like diarrhea. Wow. Okay. That is, that's like an actual spell that anyone can do at home. (laughs) 
That's what yeah, we've but I was. Today. I, I used to like never wear my bows to whatever. I would always get like demerits, like chew gum during a game or whatever. But then did the other kids at school know that you were a witch? No, I don't think so. They, you really had a completely different life at school and, and, yeah. and not at school. Yeah, I really did because our, I, I, I was in a huge school. It was like 500 kids in my graduating class, which is big because Evan's graduating class was 70 kids. Evan's so school small. is really small. Yeah. So yeah. no one knew fucking any, they only knew what I would like tell them, I guess. Okay. Okay. So sorry. So back to you come home and your mom's like, <laughs> get it together, Sammy. Yeah. We are going to. It was super burn fucking intense. A human carcass. It wasn't in a, a pentagram. <laughs> oh, so creepy. In the middle of the forest. Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Blair Witch. Focus Pocus reboot. It was like, it was like, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was wild. I don't know. It was a really weird night. And she was like, all these spirits were hanging around you. My little sister was like seeing things. And Did you, what anything. do you do? You sit in a circle? Yeah, we were in a circle. Twigs? There was like a fire. There was like salt in between us. Or what do you wear? You don't wear what you're wearing now. You don't wear overalls to the <laughs> witch I gathering thing. What do you wear? I was just wearing casual clothes. My mom and this other lady were wearing cloaks, but I was just. Where do you get a witch cloak? You buy that at they a costume store? They have metaphysical store, you... stores. Like, Yeah. So like there's everywhere. A, there there's are a really brands and designers that make ill yeah. witches cloaks. There's literally a store in North Hollywood called the green book or something like that. And the psychic eye on Ventura, which I used to go to a lot when I first moved out here and they have like, they have shit there like cloaks, wands, pendulums, tarot cards, crystals, or. Okay. So back to you guys are sitting on the, <laughs> on the forest floor yeah, and she's conjuring up spirits. It was, it was like a spell to protect us against someone who was trying to like weirdly set a bad spell on us, like counteract this bad spell. So she felt like someone was casting a bad spell. She felt like bad vibes. Yeah. So it was like like getting all these, it was like a super big cleanse. So yeah, we were like out in the woods for like ever. When you're like an hour. when your sisters see spirits, do they look like physical human beings or do they look like apparition? Um, I like think black so. My or older sister, she was seeing like she. One time we were like literally in the Burger King parking lot, and there was like a puddle on the ground, and she saw a spirit rise up from the puddle, like just like she was someone. with you, and she said, "Sammy." She started screaming and like it was like, "Oh my god, oh my god," and um, yeah, she had to tell them to go away because they would always just pop up. And like, I don't know. My little sister, she would always see things like even from when we were younger, before my mom was like super Wiccan, she would be like looking at like a photo album and be like, oh, my God, I know that guy. Like I saw him last night. And my mom's like, no, you didn't like that. That's like he died like mad long ago. And she's like, no, he was like out my window like last night. She like always saw spirits. It was really weird. And then her best friend passed away from cancer when she was like 16 so she saw her a lot whoa after she died uh-huh. and like kind of like talks to her in her dreams like stuff like that so you grew up in a home where there was some trauma right yeah. there's some physical maybe abuse between your parents mm-hmm. and and then you're also bouncing between shelters yeah but you don't seem like you're an angry person like you don't hold any resentment towards your parents for putting in that situation or just angry at life or no I feel like I can definitely have my moments of like fuck like today sucked yeah but I don't know I just kind of just get over it like yeah I guess I just try not 
let a lot of stuff affect me. Yeah. No. No, that's good. Do you remember the first time we met? Yes. Where did we meet? <laughs> New York City. At Cats Deli event with the hundreds. And then gotcha. okay, so uh, so you, we met at the Cats Deli. We event. met at Cats's Deli, and then you were inspired to start a streetwear brand. Now, when when did you uh, come up with the idea of maybe you wanted to build your own brand? So I actually started my brand by Sammy Ryan in 2009. I was making like feather accessories and going on warp tour, doing all that and vending my feathers and stuff like that. And Kesha was wearing my stuff. Um, like all like the teeny boppers, like Victoria justice. Some, I just got it on a bunch of women in music. That was like my thing. I'd go to these like little shows and try to get it on them. So Kesha was huge supporter and that was awesome. And then Right when I graduated high school, which was 2009, I um, got an email from Nordstrom and they literally cold emailed me and they were like, we would like a thousand of everything you got. And I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. I was literally hand making feather earrings and hair clips and stuff like that. So I dropped out of college and I was, <laughs> I was going for dental hygiene. No way. Yeah. My dad made me go for it. And I left after it was like a three hour lecture about like the face and all the bones after an hour and a half, you get a break. And I just never went back. I was like, fuck. Oh, this. the first class. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not doing this. No way. So yeah, I stopped that and then fully focused on my accessory brand That's that really was in Nordstrom. Yeah. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even know what a UPC code was. I was just like ordering stuff and like hand tagging it myself, shipping it to Nordstrom. So I was doing stuff with them for like a year and a half with like accessories. And then of course the feather trend died down. So I was doing like ear cuffs and like some other stuff. And then it kind of just like faded away with the accessories because I wanted to focus on my personal brand, Sammy Ryan. So that's when I moved to LA when I was like, I want to focus on like you. Maybe because you spent so many years promoting other people's stuff. Yeah. Being the face of so many brands. Yeah. Right? (laughs) No, literally. I think it was like literally this one day where I was on a popular demand t-shirt and I saw it in Foot Locker. And that's when I realized I was like, this brand probably made $15,000 off my face. Mm -hmm. And I got paid $500 for that. Mm -hmm. So I want to make my own shit. Instead of me doing like, a brand where it was just like my pictures on a shirt because I didn't want to do that. That's what like the first company wanted me to do to really like promote that like girl on shirt thing. Um, I wanted to do more like graphic and like more verbiage, like things that inspire me, I guess. So you moved to LA, you're, you're blogging. Blogging yeah. brings you out to LA. Yeah. Blogging is how I got my start in, in this world too. We're storytellers, right? Yeah. And then, um, your head was shaved. Yeah. That was like my thing. That and was I, your trademark for a it while. It was. I was so scared to grow it out. Everyone's like, no one's going to know who you are. I'm like, it's just fucking hair. You're massive on Tumblr and mm-hmm. my, like what were the social platforms yeah, at the time? I mean, I was just MySpace, Tumblr. I didn't have a Facebook for a really long time, but I don't know. I guess Instagram. Yeah. Back then um, I was on Wild and Out, which was cool. With my shaved head. But that was like in 2015. When I first moved here, yeah, I was just doing a bunch of shoots for brands. So I moved out here and then a couple, maybe like two years ago now, I was like, I think we should start clothing. Yeah, which was not long ago. No, it definitely wasn't long ago. And I feel like it's been like on like a high speed train since then. Yeah, a lot has happened since. Yeah. So how do you go and start a streetwear brand? 
Um, okay. So we were, so I don't even know how to explain this. Like Evan's been in the industry for a while, but he was only on the other side of the industry where he was a buyer. So he didn't necessarily know how to create a brand and how to like run it and stuff like that. So we were approached by someone to have them do our stuff for us. Like, Hey, we'll produce this, we'll manufacture it and we'll sell it for you and we'll give you X amount of money. Um, we signed that deal and it didn't work out, um, at all. So it was like a lot of learning, I guess. So I don't know. I don't know. How do you explain like starting a streetwear brand? Mine was just, my story is just so different. Yeah. I think that's where it always begins. It begins with, if you feel like you have something to say yeah, and whatever you're trying to say isn't being represented anywhere in the space, yeah, then that's the perfect reason to go out there and build a brand because you're going to put yourself out there. Yeah, exactly. You're be included in the conversation now. Totally. And we just kind of like carried over the brand name by Sammy Ryan because that was my accessory brand. And we were just like, okay, we're just going to do this with the apparel. So, um, but you made the choice not to, the t-shirts don't have photos of you in provocative mm, no. you know, photographs or, you know, that was a trend in the early, well, you know, earlier 2010s. Yeah, no, like, totally. You know, Van was making a killing doing that. And there was two mm. in the shirt and we had a lot of yeah. photo uh, girl shirts and that was a big streetwear thing to get oh, yeah, an totally. Instagram or Tumblr model mm-hmm. and pay them to. Yeah. I think I know a couple of girls. That are on your yeah, t-shirts. I'm sure. Uh, They're all your friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Did, we never had one with you. Huh? No. Hmm, yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, so I don't want to do that. That's a good thing. Maybe. Yeah, I think it is too. Yeah. I didn't want to do that because it's obviously been done before. Yeah. And I just wanted to do something that was more like unique to me. Like I have a lot of tattoos, but I am, I feel like pretty girly, but with like a tomboy twist, like I don't really know how to explain my style, but, um, yeah, I wanted to do something like that. And then, yeah, we eventually got picked up by zoomies and then that's kind of how everything kind of trickled down, um, working with like a retailer like that. Yeah. Um, Cause I was working with Nordstrom and then we launched the clothing just on my website at first. And I think it was a little bit harder for my consumers to, I guess, transfer, transfer over from accessories to apparel. Like it's mm. definitely different to sell accessories than apparel to someone Two different universes. So different. So it was definitely really, really slow. And I'm like, Oh man, is this going to work? Um, so yeah, then when we got picked up into Zoomies, it went really, really fast. Yeah. So like we were in like 30 stores and then 60 stores. And then six months later, we were in 600 stores. Wow. So it was like, it's crazy. I don't even know. Like I didn't, it, like during that time, that first year that we were like on this train ride, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. And it was scary because I was letting a lot of, people kind of like make the decisions for me, which sucks because my brand is my name. So it's like everything that people decide for me goes on my back. So if I don't like something and it gets approved by this team that I hired and it makes me look bad, like that's all on me. Like it's really no one else. So it was definitely, um, it definitely took a while to figure out the right people to work with. Yeah. I feel like, and the right people who wanted what I want instead of just like wanting a check. Cause you're in this, you're in this, you're in this for the long haul. Totally. You're not in this to cash out. And no. again, your name is attached to it. Yeah. So no matter what happens to the brand goes up, your name is associated with it goes up. If it goes down, yeah. 
Which is super intimidating. It's like, it makes, cause like for a while I was like, I'm just going to focus on the brand and like not really focus on my career, which you can't do because you need your career to have the brand. Cause like mm-hmm. your name together. is the brand. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's been kind of difficult, but I feel like recently, yeah. I, I feel like this year has been like a year of me just like figuring out what works, figuring out what's not working and learning a lot. Like I, taught myself how to do tech packs and taught myself Adobe illustrator and like learning how to design stuff on my own, which is really nice for me personally. It's nice for any brand. Yeah, it's I just, wish I could say the same for most brands out there. The founders are not no, yeah. equipped like that or they don't even seem to care to, to want to do that. But yeah. I feel like if you know, you know now the heartbeat and the rhythms of the brand. Totally. When you do that, when you're intricately involved, when you're out there packing the boxes and I see you, you're around your product. Like you touch everything, you're Uh working on everything. Everything's inspired by something that's on your mind. Right. The brand feels really personal. I feel like that's maybe what attributes to a lot of the success. Like the girls who are buying it out there know how much you care about it. It, to me, it translates. When I look at your social media, I can tell genuinely care about the stuff you're making totally even it you know and so when if we're buying into who sammy is as a person and we like who you are as a person we yeah really support you by by buying the clothing i feel like it's starting to get where i want it to be and it's starting to become something that like i'm really really proud of like for the mm. first year it was just a train of me being like accepting things like yes let's do that yes let's do that because mm-hmm. i didn't know what was going on Really? You're just I, keeping up. Yeah, I was just literally keeping up. Um, but now it's it's like all me and Evan pretty much. Yeah. Um, which can be challenging at times, but from yeah. the outside I can completely agree. I feel like you're absolutely right. The first year looking in on what was happening, it felt like there was so much momentum and energy behind it. But to your point, I don't think any, you weren't necessarily the one that was steering that. No, shit, you know? I was like, you just, were just almost like hanging on for dear life. Literally. And literally. that's something that I think all successful streetwear brands or any brand who is trying to figure out this space, they go through it. Cause the, the, we're not proper business people, right? Like I'm still, I'm a, I've been doing this for 16 years. I don't consider myself a polished businessman. Yeah. So we don't know how to build the infrastructure around these things. The momentum comes from hype and it comes from, you know, social virality and, and, and marketing. And so Mm -hmm. these things can, the brand can get away from you very quickly, Totally, you know, and, and, and most of the time it ends up crushing the brand, right? Like too much success and too much energy too fast. And if you're not equipped to handle it, it'll end you. And we've seen that happen so many times, right? And some really popular brands that were big for like, two seasons, right. two years. Yeah, and, and that's like what I don't want to be. And you don't want that. Mm-hmm. And this year, especially like the last six months, I feel like you're really starting to get a grasp on things. You'll never fully get it. That's that's almost impossible. Like, again, I've been doing this forever. Yeah. The brand is completely out of my hands. Right. But I feel like you've matured. You're getting older, more sophisticated yeah, about yeah. how the industry works and how the business works. Yeah. And now it seems like it's actually really nice to be in this office space because I've been able to learn so much. Yeah. Even just like going back to like Evan deals with production, but just going back there and see what goes into producing a t-shirt or like just like being around like-minded creatives yeah. really, really helps. 
because it makes me feel like not so like lost because mm. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how to do this. Yeah, yeah, you can always like ask that. us for help. Yeah, so that's like something that is a lot of people I feel like would wish to have, but we're like so super, super lucky to have. Yeah, like, I'm going to ask you the most annoying streetwear question, which is what advice do you have for young brands, especially women, because there's such a lack of women in the space. Totally. Um, starting out like apparel is so difficult, like to learn how to do. And if you don't really have a background in it, it's can be so foreign. So it's like, I feel like you just have to be really into what you're doing. Like you can't just bank off of being like, I'm going to make the shirt and it's going to go viral because chances are it won't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just feel like it's important to just know who you are before you want to do something like that. Like, as I said, I'm still learning who I am. So my whole journey is like a whole series of progression. Like my whole clothing company, it's just like turning into who I am. Like mm-hmm. I still have like the story of your life. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, if it's not something that you want to do for like a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a commitment. It totally is. Yeah. Like it definitely is. Like before I was like heavy doing the brand stuff, I was like doing a lot of influencer stuff and I was like, yeah, today I'm going to get my nails done and just hang out. Mm-hmm. You can't. Yeah. Like this I've, job, literally every day. If you don't day, do this I'm, job, no one else is doing it. No. Every day, like I'm in the office, like if I have time, I'll get my nails done afterwards or something like that. Like for sure I'm in here all the time. So it's like a nine to, it's like a forever nine to 24 hours job. Yeah. Like I'm always working. I feel like. I've been, I've known Sammy forever. I'm going to talk about you like you're not here. Okay. I've known Sammy forever, been watching your career on a personal level and as a fan. It really is cool to see where you are at this point because we've been doing this for so long and I've been around so many brands and seen so many uh, fledgling companies kind of come and go and uh, the foundation that you've established, you're setting it up for a long-term play. And that's evident and it always comes down to the people. And I know that you're going to make a great living doing this for mm-hmm. a very long time. Even if, you know, streetwear or not, like whatever the brand is, it'll just yeah. exist for and do and thrive. So. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for coming on today's podcast, Sammy Ryan. Thanks for having me. <laughs> We're going to follow you on what? At You can follow me on Instagram at Sammy Ryan and my brand page by Sammy Ryan. And you need to get the Sammy's spelling correct. So it's S A. Yeah, it's S A M I I R Y A N. And the same for by Sammy Ryan. Cool. That's it for this episode. I'm your host, Bobby Hundreds. Our show was produced by Andrew London and edited by Rachel Kastner and Ivana Tucker. Music by Alexander Spitt. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Great.